The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob and Chez Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. Halloween is just around the corner, so visit BubbleGenius.com and pick up their Bath-O-Lantern Pumpkin Shea Butter Soap. So good, you'll want to eat it. Their Jack-O-Lantern Soap is colored and scented with real pumpkin, with the added punch of clove essential oil to make it pumpkin pie Shea Butter makes it extra luxurious. Only $6 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code Bob and Chez, that's B-O-B-A-N-D-C-H-E-Z, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Recorded live in the USA and covering the whole wide world, this is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Right on! With Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. Uh, we say it makes you feel like a real man when you shoot. It's a nice feeling. I yes. enjoy it. It feels good. Your body feels uh, alive, uh, good, like a proper man. Especially when you're shooting a machine gun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How many can it's it It's about 800 kill? rounds per minute. Wow, 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 he's a good gun. <laughs> 800 per minute. Yeah. It means you have a many criminal try to you can? Yeah, you can just waste them. After I'm done with guns, I always go to the topless club. Wow, 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 I like it very much. Only, to only, shoot the um, gun and to see a big... Uh, and that, and that would, yeah, that really sums it up. This is what a man should do. A man should be able to shoot the gun and enjoy... Look at naked women. Yes. Yes. High five! <laughs> Come on through. How's about I kick your ass, Osama? Wah, wah, wee, wah! You are a real man. High five! Can you buy this gun for self-defense? It's possible. It's not easy to. Can you buy anti-tank gun for self-defense? You can. Good. In Texas. The best music on the best station. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hi, everybody. It is Tuesday, September 20, 2016, and this is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I'm Bob Zeska, that is Chez Pezienza sitting right over there. Hello, way Hi. over there. <laughs> I see. I have a brand new microphone right now. I, I got a brand a new micro. microphone at the weekend, and Chez doesn't have his microphone. <laughs> it's broken. So, we're going to sound completely different on the show today. I'll I'm get just, a new. One. I'll get a new one when I get back, listeners. Yeah, and I, I'm still adjusting mine, so we're going to sound vastly different in the in the course of today's show. <laughs> it's be like we got this gigantic booming microphone, and Chez like, hey, how you doing, guys? <laughs> that, by the way, that was my Chez impression. Hey, hey, how you doing, guys? Appreciate that. <laughs> All right, we're brought to you by uh, BubbleGenius.com each and every damn week. It's the best soap in the world. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. If you need a lawyer, better call Bo or go to thebowenlawgroup.com slash Bob and Jez. Or you can just click the link of the podcast page and get free legal advice. And uh, you know what? We're going we're gonna to effing need it. I mean, I've, just, I've got Charles Bowen on standby on my phone just just at any moment because holy god you know i i hate to be this guy and anyone who, if you've been following me on social media over the last couple of days you kind of know where 
where I'm standing right now. In fact, we talked about this a little bit on Thursday, too, which is that I am not feeling very positive about the current state of things with the uh, presidential race. I'm feeling quite pessimistic. Nope. I And I think I've got ju- a lot of justifications for that. Nope. I, you know what? Let me tell you something. Okay. When <laughs> I, it's, it's something, it's something you probably noticed. Yeah. Uh, maybe you did. I don't know. Mm. When, when, um, when, what's his name? She's uh, Nate Silver. Pardon me. It took me a second there. When Nate Silver was sort of, you know, doing the back and forth on the primaries, you know, on, uh, you know, the doing his percentages. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when he said uh, that Bernie Sanders had a, you know. 30% chance of winning whatever to, to you know to Clinton 70 or whatever. Yep. You know there were a couple times there that Ber- that Bernie pulled it out and of course, you know, that makes sense because under no circumstances did uh, Nate Silver say that it uh um you know that Nate Silver say that it's a guarantee for Clinton. And knowing that I'm looking at the numbers at 538 now for Clinton Trump and I'm just I'm I'm just I'm just sitting here going we're going to be saying President Trump yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm looking at the exact same thing. And I, you know what? More than that, I'm just looking at the tone of the conversation. And I'm seeing, well, first of all, you know uh, you know who's doing good work right now is Justin Rosario over at Left Wing Nation. He's been co- sort of looking at, <laughs> he's been kind of opening that trap door and looking in on all of the, uh, the sort of the far left contrarian uh, Jill Stein people. Yeah, and them, by the way, them yeah seriously i mean what's going on over there is just absolute madness where they're talking about how uh, you know it's the same old crap they're talking about how uh hillary clinton is actually worse than donald trump and they're talking about things like well you know if trump comes along the reaction to trump will be a much more progressive candidate than if hillary clinton so they're looking at some sort of weird long game that that takes us through uh four years from now maybe eight years from now and 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 thousands of horrible things to get to that point. I mean, make yeah, no Trump, mistake. Trump, Trump is the catalyst that brings about the glorious revolution immediately, instantly. Yes, even though he's not. And if you're willing to risk a, a million horrible things in the process of a Trump candidacy or of a Trump presidency in order to get there, then you're doing it wrong. Your strategy is inherently flawed because what you're doing is you're throwing God knows how many people under the bus in order to achieve this goal, which could be... Right. Right here, by supporting, obviously, the rational choice for president, which would be Hillary Clinton. You, you vote for Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton carries on the Barack Obama legacy, as she's been promising. And that brings us through to, um, you know, I think what would end up being a more progressive America because of just the very nature of their continuing to be progressive policies being proposed along the way by, by Hillary Clinton, just as they've been with Barack Obama on top of the fact that I think you're going to see a much stronger, much more visible Bernie Sanders over the next four to eight years, especially with, you know, working with the white house. I think Bernie Sanders has really become the celebrity, the go-to guy with the Senate Democrats, and you're going to see that more and more often. Plus, the influence of Bernie Sanders, insofar as he uh, was able to shoehorn into the Democratic platform many, many progressive planks that hadn't been there before. So these are all rational, reasonable things to approach the campaign with. This is a rational, reasonable point of view when it comes to the presidential campaign, and one which is not being reflected. It's not being reflected in in the political press, certainly not being reflected by 
um, a lot of Republicans, specifically Trump supporters. But it just it seems to be seeping in. And, and you know, I said this on Twitter the other day, and I emphasized in parentheses the word metaphorical in all capital letters because it is a metaphor- metaphorical thing. But I'm not seeing any sort of silver bullet. I don't know if you are, Chess. I'm not seeing a silver bullet that could stop Trump at this point. Maybe the debates. Yeah, I don't. Maybe some. I, I don't think. I don't, I don't think it matters. The, the the debates may have an impact. They if he if he fold, if he folds badly, then that's going to be a good thing. But I just I think that that we've talked about this before. I think that the bar for him has been set so low yeah. that it doesn't matter. That that as long as he doesn't trip over his own tongue, he's going to be fine. You know, I sort of came to the revelation because I've really been digging into exactly what the disconnect is here. Why is Donald Trump being evaluated differently than Hillary Clinton? And I think it comes down to a very simple analysis. And it was sort of staring me right in the face all along. And I never really put my finger quite on it and, and verbalized it in the way that I wanted to, which is that Hillary Clinton is being judged both by the press and by American voters based on pre-2016 rules, where the rules that that, are, that Hillary Clinton has to follow or else get excoriated by everybody are all rules that aren't being applied to Donald Trump. Donald Trump is being evaluated on his own set of rules. And because he has created this log jam of blurts and awful things every damn day for the last 15 months plus, then that has allowed him to just continue to say that with impunity continue to do that sort of thing with impunity whereas if Hillary Clinton started blurting all those sorts of things then she would she would be driven out of the race her uh, approval rating would go through the floor uh, certainly uh, her her uh, standing in the campaign would go through the floor and that would be it but but Donald Trump gets to say whatever the f he wants yep. and and while there is some minor backlash it doesn't stick to him because of the different rules i agree I mean, and and that's not to say that Hillary Clinton shouldn't be held to rules. Certainly, she should be held to rules. And I think she is being held to to old school rules. Like, for, for example, for example, yeah, okay, I can see making a big deal out of the fact that she withheld her pneumonia diagnosis for 48 hours before it came, before it became abundantly obvious by that piece of video where she's falling off the sidewalk. But, but that same rule hasn't been applied to Donald Trump which makes the rule being applied to Hillary Clinton seem completely unfair and completely imbalanced. So Donald Trump, likewise, was able to, and this is a topic we covered quite extensively last week, so I hate to retread old information, but Donald Trump, meanwhile, gets to spend uh, all this time without disclosing any of his medical, his actual medical records, and the medical records that he does disclose are medical records that are produced by this kooky doctor, Harold Bornstein, who issued a letter that was verifiably written by Donald Trump, at least coached by Donald Trump for five minutes while he waited in his limo. So that came out. Bornstein admitted to that. And then Donald Trump's follow-up is not to produce his actual medical records. Mind you, John McCain's medical records that he produced as part of his presidential campaign, 1,200 pages. 1,200 goddamn pages from John McCain. Donald Trump produces a second letter which is also signed by Harold Bornstein that's got a bunch of bogus numbers in it. Now, I I don't know for a fact. Like, I haven't gone in. There's no way to tell whether or not the lab results are all fudged about Donald Trump, his his PSA and his testosterone level, his weight and his height, which is now inflated by an inch. All of these things could very well, and I think the assumption needs to be, 
that all of those things are completely bogus. That Donald Trump made up all of those numbers. And or at least Harold Bornstein went through and maybe found a healthier guy and took his numbers or took Donald Trump's actual numbers and subtracted or added uh, numbers based upon what's considered healthy or what's considered robust at a 70 year old or for a 70 year old man. Now, of course, the same rules weren't applied. Now, so if Hillary Clinton, can you imagine if Hillary Clinton out of that pneumonia diagnosis released a letter by a dubious doctor that said she was all these things that are super healthy for a 68 year old woman. Do you think for a second that anyone would go, oh, okay, (laughs) that settles it. No problem. Let's move on here. Different sets of rules. It's, It's amazing to me how this is allowed to continue to go on. And, you know, as I'm looking at a campaign that is increasingly becoming frustrating you know i i can't help but to see this disparity as well as a million other different disparities problems that some of which i think are you know you can blame the hillary clinton campaign for some of which you can blame anyone but the hillary clinton campaign because there are all these things that are converging to uh to improve donald trump's chances where he shouldn't be even yeah. if even if Hillary Clinton broke all the rules right if hillary clinton broke all of the rules of old school politics you know, Donald Trump should still not be within five, ten points of her at this point. He yeah. should be trailing big time just by the very fact that, as we've been observing, he's a buffoon and a and a fear monger and a reality show uh, a diva and just all these terrible things. If if Donald Trump is elected president, yeah. And this this is this will sound very melodramatic, but I, I've given it a lot of thought. Mm-hmm. If if Donald Trump is elected president, the United States becomes a failed state yeah. and a ro- and a rogue nation. Yeah, I mean the that's most a- dangerous rogue nation on earth because we have more firepower than any other nation. You know, if Donald Trump becomes president and does half the things that we're predicting he's going to do, then I I honestly believe that there will be Western leaders. People who are allied to the United States, who will be, and including American leaders in politics, quietly and behind closed doors discussing the idea of regime change. How do we get this guy out? Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I think that, and I'm not talking about any sort of assassination, nothing conspiratorial like that, but certainly something where the, the, the groundwork is laid to remove him from office, to f- either force him to resign like Nixon did, or to impeach him. That, I mean, to me, that's going to be an honest-to-God thing that's on the table. There are going to be people calling senators and calling members of Congress and saying, and I'm talking about overseas leaders, uh, you know, in Europe and elsewhere, c- calling up uh, American political leaders and saying, how can we do this? We will give you whatever support you need. We'll give you whatever backing you need. But this guy does not belong in elected office in the United States. He is ruining everything. He's destabilizing the world. And that is you exactly know, the things, what he's going to do. The things that we've done in the past, it could so easily be turned around on us. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't for the life of me see why the UN doesn't essentially, you know, uh, uh, okay, a foreign government to come in and change our government. Yeah, I mean that's entirely <laughs> like I mean, you said—a regime change. You know what? We're we're invaded by and by a coalition of the willing. Yeah, I mean, and, and look, I mean that's a remote possibility. But I think depending on what Trump does, I think, like for example, if he ever goes off and does what he's been threatening to do, which is to pop off a 
like a battlefield nuke or something like that. As soon as he does that, as soon as he uses or tries to use something from our nuclear arsenal, whether it's a full on like ICBM or whether it's just a, a smaller level uh, battlefield nuke, he is going to be considered and the United States with it. I mean, bear, make no mistake. Like when George W. Bush was president, every people overseas painted us all with the same brush. Like, how could you allow this to happen? And the same sort of blame is going to be placed on Trump. And and you're exactly right, Jess. I, I think there's a certain um, possibility of discussions regarding, uh, you know, actually removing him from office in some way. And and it wouldn't surprise me if that were to happen. And quite frankly, I think the world would be better off. I mean, but there is an opportunity here to stop it. And I just don't see anyone making the effort. This is going back to my silver bullet point. There's no one making that effort. I just, I don't see what, I mean, what exactly can be, can you come up with? I mean, there were, there were things in 2008 and 2012 that actually worked because there were, as I was saying, there were traditions and rules in political campaigns, especially presidential political campaigns where you could apply some of those rules and marginalize the opposition candidate, somehow figure out a way, you know, with Mitt Romney, it was the 47% thing that ultimately doomed. You don't say something like that in public and get recorded. It was a dumb thing to do. It was a dumb thing to say. And I think he, I mean, if you were to target one sort of patient zero for why Mitt Romney lost that campaign, you could probably trace it back to the 47% thing. That is that, that is absolutely it. Yes. Yeah. And, and of course, that doesn't function correctly when Donald Trump isn't held to that same standard. So that's what I'm talking about. It's, it's tremendously frustrating. I'm feeling tremendously pessimistic right now. And this is maybe the first time that, you know, I went through, I was covering the 2004 presidential election, John Kerry, George W. Bush. And that was a situation where even when John Kerry had been through the swift boating, it still seemed like he had a chance, even though he was behind after the swift boating occurred after August of 2004, he, John Kerry fell behind in the polls, but there was always a hope that he could pull it out because there still were John Kerry to a certain extent and George W. Bush were held to similar rules. I still believe that the old rules, the pre 2016 rules were still weighted toward giving the Republicans an advantage. But I think the rules were more fair than they are now. So there was always that chance that John Kerry could come up with a really good debate performance and knock George W. Bush out of the race using that. And uh, and, and so there was always hope. I, I just don't see – I'm, I'm having a hard time grasping onto something that's giving me any sort of hope. Because you know what's standing between Donald Trump and the presidency right now? Virginia. It's like Virginia and six points. That's the margin between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump in Virginia. If Virginia goes, you know, if the election were held today and Virginia went to Donald Trump, that'd be it. The only thing keeping Hillary Clinton above 270 is Virginia. And that's scary as hell. Donald Trump is winning in North Carolina. He's winning in Florida. He's winning in Nevada. He's winning in Ohio. He's winning in Iowa right now. And that's terrifying. He shouldn't be even on the map. That entire goddamn map ought to be blue from coast to coast. Knowing the kind of maniac Donald Trump is, you know, and I see it. I mean, there was—I don't know if you saw a uh, real time with Bill Maher from Friday Night Chess, but the, uh, he, Bill Maher, was observing the coverage of uh, Donald Trump's visit to Flint, Michigan, 
And uh, one of the news networks interviewed um, an African-American attendee of one of Donald Trump's presentations there in Flint, one of his uh, dog and pony shows where he gets up and screams horrible things for an hour and a half. And that, that, that person, that Flint resident said, well, you know, at least Donald Trump came here and talked. Hillary Clinton was here, but it was months ago, and it was just because it was in the news. This is a, this is a staggering am, thing to I say. I'm in Michigan. What's I'm that? in Michigan right now. You're in I Michigan. I tell you that, uh, yeah, there are, uh, they, there's, you see a lot of Trump signs, a lot of Trump billboards. Yep. Yep, and it's terrifying. Knowing full well that it was the Republican Party, Trump's party, that caused that goddamn uh, lead situation in Flint in the first place. You know, this is a guy who doesn't give a flying rip about Flint or the poor people who live there. No one is saying that Donald Trump is going to fix Flint except for Donald Trump. And and you and again, you have to take everything that he says through the prism of lying, 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 lying. All right. We're going to take a short break and come back. We're going to talk about. uh, Oh, God. The other thing that's helping Donald Trump right now, which is terrorism. Uh, more show after this. Okay, you want to know the best way to support the show? The best way to support the Bob and Chez show is to go shopping at Amazon.com using our Amazon link. Here's how you do it. Go to BobSeska.com and click the Amazon link in all caps just beneath the logo on the main page. The link takes you to the main page of Amazon.com as usual. You go shopping. We get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing extra, and it helps support the show. And if you run a small business and source your materials from Amazon, make sure to use the link for all your purchases. And don't forget to bookmark it. Thanks so much for supporting the show and our Amazon link. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yes, welcome back to our Tuesday show. Thanks for joining us. Really, really appreciate it. Um, I'm still tweaking my brand new microphone here, so bear with me. You know, I use the same same microphone for the entire history of the show. (laughs) And now I've got a a different one. So it sounds sounds a little different, and uh, we'll be messing around with it as we go, so... Bear with us and our new technologies. Um, okay, so there was a uh, there were three attempted terrorist attacks over the weekend, and one successful one in uh, Chelsea in New York City. Um, the other three were thwarted. I mean, the other three were stopped. Weirdly enough, I mean, it was uh, one was a uh, pressure cooker bomb. I think there was one in uh, in New Jersey, and uh, actually there were two in New Jersey. Those were, and, and the third one, I believe, wasn't, it turned out to be nothing. So there were two attempts, one successful, and of course Donald Trump has taken credit for it. But meanwhile, they've, uh, they've captured, captured the suspect behind uh, apparently all three attacks, a guy named, by the name of Ahmad Khan Rahami. And he's the uh, chief suspect in, in uh, New York City and New Jersey. Uh, the New Jersey attempted bombing. It wasn't actually a bombing, by the way. 
Um, this is, uh, this is from, let's see, this is from CBS news. Ahmed Khan Rahami, the primary suspect in three separate bombing incidents in New York city and New Jersey was taken into custody in Linden, New Jersey after a shootout with police on Monday afternoon. Sources tell CBS news. Rahami, 28 years old, appeared conscious, his upper right arm bandaged and bloodied as he was loaded into an ambulance in Linden. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio said Monday investigators are not looking for any other individual in connection to the explosions. The assistant director of the FBI's field office in New York, William Sweeney Jr., said in a news briefing that, quote, there is no indication there's a cell in the area, despite earlier concerns. So this seems like a a lone nut sort of situation. The Union County, New Jersey prosecutor's office announced after his apprehension that Rahami will be charged with five counts of attempted murder and two gun charges. Federal officials are still examining the possibility of terrorism-related charges. So that is that. And of course, uh, Chaz, as you uh, probably know by now, <laughs> Trump took credit for uh, predicting the explosion, or the one the one explosion. <laughs> Trump full. Here, here's Donald Trump on... Uh, I think, I think this is Fox and Friends. Well, CNN is disgusting and they're disgraceful. I watch it all. I watch all of the folks. And sometimes Fox actually doesn't treat me well also, by the way, but that's okay. You people do. That's all. <laughs> We're that's fair and balanced. God, that's buddy, you're fair and balanced. That's all he f***ing cares about, about how they treat him. Yeah. Jesus Christ, I hate this man. I know. It's horrendous. I mean, and, and this is all in service, again, of making himself seem like he somehow predicted all of this. Even though he didn't, but but I watch CNN and I watch I look at what's happened. How about Bill Clinton's statement last week, where he talked about her sickness and said something that happens all the time or something frequently. frequently. By the way, I, I forget who it was, and I'd like to give credit where credit is due, but I can't remember who tweeted this over the weekend. Someone said that when Donald Trump is trying to say the words Latino and African American, he pronounces it in a weird way, and I also think he pronounces Clinton in a weird way. And it almost seems like the, the tweet was that uh, it, it makes it sound like someone's teaching him the dialect to, to properly pronounce words in Swahili or something like that, where he's so careful to say African-American and Latino. And then he says, Bill Clinton. It's just it's so funny to me. It's Donald Trump trying, trying to say words is funny to me. I don't know why. I'm just, I've reached that point in the campaign. He has the best words. Yes. I know words. I have the best words. All right. Let's continue here. That he said, or frequently, and then... They said, he said, oh, I meant, I meant it only happened. In other words, she only gets, she, she gets sick all the time or frequently. And then he goes, oh, I mean, uh, just every once in a while. Right, and they edited it out. Yes, and frequently. they took it out. Do you think if that happened to me, do you think they take it out? They not only don't take it out, it feels like they add things. I mean, these, these people are the most dishonest people. CNN is so disgusting and dishonest, and I watch it. It is so unfair. They call it the Clinton News Network. If you saw her in the back of the plane, and she used the words bombs also, by the way, and that's true. I, I heard. I didn't see it, but I heard. Oh, yeah, he said that's right. That was the other thing that uh, Donald Trump did. He actually went <laughs> he went off and said in one of his rallies, he, he referred to what happened in Chelsea as a bombing before we actually knew that it was a bombing. He just jumped into that half-cocked and <laughs> didn't even know. Damn it. I was criticized for calling it correctly. I, what I said was exactly correct. I should be a newscaster because I called it before the news. Oh, my God. No, why, why, is there, why is there a studio audience applauding? No, no applause for that. No applause for that. He took credit for calling it a bombing before people called it a bomb. He ought to be a newscaster. 
this is so bad. I mean, this is, God, I can't underscore how bad this is. Bad, 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 bad. All right, Trump also blamed Hillary and uh, Barack Obama for the terror attacks over the weekend. Um, this was, of course, uh, to be predicted, but of course he deleted the tweet like a, like the real man he is, the tough-talking guy he is. You know, he never apologizes for what he has. So he just deletes it and then denies that he ever said it. He wrote, uh, this was at uh, 10.30 on the 18th, so this was Sunday. He tweeted, Saturday's attacks show that failed Obama-Hillary Clinton policies won't keep us safe. I will make America safe again. Yeah, and but that one was uh, well, too much, and they... <laughs> I guess someone, maybe Kellyanne Conway, told him to take it down. By the way, speaking of Kellyanne Conway, also on Real Time with Bill Maher, this is this is one of the things that's scaring me. She is really good, and not, and I say that knowing that the content of what she's saying is really awful, but she is extraordinary at being on those shows. She is extraordinary at spin. She's extraordinary at uh, taking the conversation in the direction she wants to go, deflecting, projecting, lying, <laughs> point blank. Right. But, I mean, Bill Maher was tough on her Friday night, and she just, she was able to zigzag and, and jump circles around Bill effing Maher on national television, on HBO. And she's calling the shots with uh, Donald Trump right now. She it was her and Steve Bannon. And if Donald Trump is getting talking points from Kellyanne Conway, this thing is is not going to loosen up anytime soon. She is really, really sharp. And and that's another thing that's making me go, yeah. God damn it. God damn it. This is this is the thing to be really concerned about, right? The idea that Donald Trump is now combining yep. his own awfulness with actual polished political experience. And that's that's kind of terrifying. I mean, Kellyanne Conway's been talking in those little in those little squares on cable news for twenty years now. I mean, Bill Maher showed a clip of her on uh, Politically Incorrect when it was on whatever it was Comedy Central or ABC uh, back uh, uh, in the nineties, for God's sake. And she was basically doing the same crap. So she's been seasoned and well practiced in coming up with like bulletproof talking points and things to say and things to, uh, to, to, to defend Donald Trump with and to, uh, to feed to him to say, which is even more terrifying. So, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'd like to think that um, there was something in the works. I, I, I really hope there is something in the works to, uh, to, to recapture this race for the, the Clinton campaign to seize the initiative again, because right now all it is, this is the only thing is waiting for Donald Trump to fuck up. I mean, the only thing, I mean, that's, I mean, going back to my silver bullet analogy, my, my metaphorical silver, I want to make sure that's emphasized. I'm not saying an actual bullet. I'm saying the metaphorical silver bullet. Uh, th- th- there is, there is none. Uh, the, the only silver bullet that I can see, the only strategy I can see is just, oh, well, Donald Trump says crazy crap. And here's an ad with all of his crazy things in it. You know, Chess, I don't know if you've seen some of the Hillary ads lately, but they've basically all been uh, super edits of all of Trump's greatest hits. And and that is that appears to be the uh, political strategy for defeating him. Just play all which of which none of which have taken him down. Yeah, no, 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 not a single one. 
Not a single one. The only thing that took him down was the con thing, even though, as far as I'm concerned, just looking at the entire history of the uh, 2016 campaign and seeing everything that Donald Trump has said, the con thing is maybe the one of the least offensive. I mean, it is what it was terrible and it was offensive. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I think, well, why don't we use nuclear weapons? That might have been a problem uh, saying that, you know, and now for the second time that the, that maybe Hillary Clinton needs to be shot <laughs> for God fucking sake. You know, first he says that maybe the Second Amendment people need to do it. And now he's saying that maybe the uh, maybe she doesn't need her Secret Service protection if she thinks that real Americans can't have firearms. It's terrifying stuff. Awful, awful stuff. And uh, but, you know, I, I hope that again, I hope there's some magic thing in the works for the debates. They uh, I know they released the topics. The, these are sort of broad stroke topics for the first debates. And uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to make of this. We're going to take another break and we're going to come back with the. Uh, Uh, Oh, the topics for the debate right after these words. Okay, let's talk about supporting independent media. For only $1 a month, you can help finance The Bob and Chez Show at patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. That's 12 cents per show. Go now to patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Bob and Chez. And sign up for $1 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month or $15 a month or whatever you can afford. If you sign up for $5 or more, you'll get special Patreon-only shows like our post-mortem wrap-up show, the Not Safe for Work after-party show, and commercial-free, unbleeped versions of the free Tuesday and Thursday shows. Most of all, you'll be supporting a totally independent podcast not affiliated with corporate media. And if we reach our $7,500 per month goal, we'll bring you new shows five days a week, Mondays through Fridays. That's patreon.com slash Bob and Chez or click the Patreon link at bobseska.com. Let's do this thing. Shove Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. Subscribe to the Bob and Chez Show in the podcast section on iTunes. Oh yes, the uh, second half of today's show is brought to you by Amazon Prime. Just click the banner, uh, the Amazon banner on the podcast page and sign up for a 30-day free trial of Amazon Prime. Get free two-day shipping, enjoy popular movies and TV episodes, plus unlimited streaming, uh, music streaming, free unlimited photo storage, and 30-minute early access to select Amazon Lightning deals. Go and do it, and thank you for supporting us and our Amazon link. Okay. So, um, the Commission on Presidential Debates on Monday announced the topics, and uh, this is the debate that's going to be held on the 26th. The topics are... America's direction, achieving prosperity, and securing America. So I assume the first one, I don't know what America's direction is all about. Maybe their plans, maybe Trump's plans, Hillary's plans for what's next. Um, Achieving prosperity, that sounds like an economic topic. And securing America, obviously, is a national security thing. Um, Okay. (laughs) I guess. I guess that's okay. I, I I hope there's something more specific. There'll be uh, a bunch of 15-minute uh, long segments in the debate. And I do believe that the candidates have received more specifics on the topics. I may be uh, mistaken on that. But what, didn't we know, didn't we find out that they were going to be told what the topics were going to be for the first debate? At least for the first debate? I don't remember specifically. But <laughs> I don't again. either. Uh, again, all that has to happen is Donald Trump just has to make it through without saying anything horribly racist. 
And you know the mm-hmm. cable cable news, the, the post-debate coverage is going to be like, oh, Trump clearly won that. That's going to be... <laughs> That's going to be the reaction. It'll be uh, Trump won the debate and uh, Trump didn't choke on his own tongue. Trump didn't choke on vomit. So therefore, he's won the debate and then they'll go to the snap polls and all the snap polls will say Hillary won the debate and they'll go, hmm, why why are we so wrong about this? And that'll be the day two story. Why, why is media so wrong about predicting the winner of the debate? Because that's what happens every goddamn year. That's what happened in 2012, you know, well, the first debate, I think everyone was pretty pretty much unanimous. Yep. That <laughs> Remember that first debate, Mitt Romney, Barack Obama? Everyone was pretty unanimous that Mitt Romney won that debate. Um, but for reasons that were, shall we say, unsavory. He won it by bull****. He won it by just lying his ass off. So Yeah, yeah, that's true. Just, I mean, how do you defend against that? Okay, um, so moving along here. Um, Obviously. The big story uh, rounding out the the weekend was, uh, or rounding out last week, was the the birther thing, which, again, got so horribly misreported. And it started with what Donald Trump had to say. And we'll just, here's, in case you missed it, here's what Donald Trump said. This is the only thing he said about the, uh, about the birther movement. This was going back to, uh, uh, when the hell was it? This was uh, Friday? Yeah, this is Friday. Hillary Clinton and her campaign of... 2008 started the birther controversy. No. I finished it. I finished it. You know what I... (laughs) It's it's all lies. That is all lies. Crap. Top to bottom, still lying. Just completely lying. Hillary Clinton... All right, we're going to get to that. Hillary Clinton did not start the birther movement. She didn't even really participate in the birther movement in any way, shape, or form, other than to answer a question that was asked to her on 60 Minutes. It was the only goddamn thing. And then, you know, Donald Trump didn't end it. It's just such f***ing bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. President Barack Obama was born in the United States, period. Now, we all want to get back to making America strong and great again. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. That was it. That was it. And no, 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 no. Hillary Clinton did not start it. He did not end it. And mind you, Everyone was sort of praying. Well, he's he's ended this, and he's he's now long, he's he's finally anointed the president of the United States as being an official American citizen. <laughs> well, I'm sure Barack Obama is sending him a thank you note saying, "Hey, yeah. thanks, thanks for finally letting me in the club." Yeah, and After- Andy Bor- Andy Borowitz had a good article about that. It was like tear- a tearful Barack Obama. You know, thanks Donald Trump for allowing him <laughs> to achieve his dream of becoming an American. That's right. <laughs> Jesus God. And uh, the other thing about this, and this is something that the press isn't even covering, and I want to get into who started the, and who mainstreamed the birther movement in just a second, but um, this, this is so effing awful. It's not just about whether Barack Obama is a citizen and was born in the United States. That's only, I think, one third of the birther equation. Isn't it? So we're going to get into all of that after one last break. And I especially want to talk about who is really to blame for making this a a serious, serious issue. And, And it's not Hillary Clinton. More show right after these words. Life stressing you out? Just not enough hours in the day? Finding yourself running ragged with little hope of just a little you time? 
Well, friend, fret no more. If you've got time for the shower, you've got time to get your zen on with I Can't Believe It's Not Buddha Soap on a Rope by Bubble Genius. You'll find the path to nirvana with this happy sudsy Buddha, rendered in gentle green tea-scented vegetable glycerin soap. And it's on a rope, so this guy can hang around your shower and bring you enlightenment each and every day. So let your troubles wash away and enjoy the peace of the here and now with I Can't Believe It's Not Buddha Soap on a Rope! Only from Bubble Genius, bringing some ohm to the bathroom. BubbleGenius.com This is the Bob and Chez Show with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Thank you, Buzz, and thank you for supporting our show at Patreon.com slash Bob and Chez, and also for subscribing at iTunes and all of that good, happy crappy. Okay, so uh, moving along here uh, with our uh, Tuesday show. There's this birther thing that's been going on for many, many years, and, and many of those years actually preceded the 2008 presidential campaign. Um, after Barack Obama's 2004 uh, keynote address at the DNC, uh, there was a guy who started up an email chain or sort of an email chain letter, one of those things that get, gets forwarded around all over the place, and it was called Who is Barack Obama? And one of the things in there suggested that he was actually born in Kenya and that he's a Muslim and that therefore he is also a terrorist, that he is a terrorist sleeper cell. These were all things that were contained in that whisper campaign that was shot around. And it was right when he was running for United States Senate. That's it. He was still when he spoke at the 2004 DNC, he was still a state senator. But he was running for U.S. Senate and was one of the, the few triumphs in that 2004 election was that Barack Obama won his campaign. And uh, in the intervening years between 2004 and 2008, it began in small little bursts where political commentators, radio talk show hosts like Rush Limbaugh all started to inadvertently say Osama instead of saying Obama. And I consider yeah. that to be as a contributing factor, maybe not maybe not literally a part of it although some people did it like some people did it deliberately like Rush Limbaugh was doing it deliberately for a long period of time saying Osama uh, uh, Obama it was like Osama Obama I mean so many times where people are saying Osama I mean Obama and uh and then the 2008 campaign rolled around and that uh, that email uh, uh, that got forwarded around after 2004 when Obama was running for U.S. Senate, that reemerged and people began to discuss that. And but but for the most part, other than Obama, Obama's got a weird uh, name. I mean, isn't this is such an exotic name and all that crap? That's what was happening in the mainstream uh, press uh, in, the, right. in the political press. That was the, the extent of the debate. And then Mark Halpern came along and. <laughs> Just horrible. In uh, February of 2008, this is sort of in the hottest part of the 2008 primaries where Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton were seriously just going after each other on a regular basis. It was really stressful. It was sort of, it was it was very much like this past uh, primary season, Democratic primary season, but I think it was a lot worse. 
because you had, I mean, with Bernie Sanders, he was just a, he was a white guy versus a woman. In 2008, you had a black guy versus a woman. And I think insofar as personality politics, identity politics are a thing now. That made, I think, the 2008 campaign even more heightened in terms of its anxiety level, in terms of the uh, the mud that was thrown around at the time, the racism, some misogyny in there, too. Uh, that was all going on. All right. So in February of 2008, Mark Halperin, who at the time was writing for Time magazine, he was doing... <laughs> He was doing this thing where he would offer up not only predictions for what was going to happen during the course of that political day, but he was also writing little recommendations for the the various candidates. And so at that time, he wrote something for John McCain. And it was uh, it was a bunch of recommendations, the, the most salient of which was the 11th recommendation. But among the many things that he suggested that uh, John McCain do, um, well, let's let's just list through a few of them. Uh, uh-huh. He said he said he wanted John McCain to play the national security card without hesitation, talk about the Iraq war without apologies or perceived contradiction, go at Obama unambiguously from the right, encourage interest groups, bloggers, and right-leaning media to explore Obama's past. Jesus. There's one right there. And in fact, I didn't even mention that one in my uh, Daily Banter article today. But there was that there was that one. That one leans a little birther, doesn't it? I think it does. Uh, Going down the list, um, there's another one where he said, allow some supporters to risk being accused of using the race card when criticizing Obama. The uh, the subjects there being are just tell your supporters to be bigots, John McCain. Right. Just tell them to be unapologetic racists. And don't worry. Don't worry. We've got your back here in the political press. So, but the one that really effing started everything. And again, this is Time Magazine. This isn't World Net Daily or Fox News Channel or Drudge Report. Time effing magazine. The At the time, still the gold standard as far as print publications go. Number 11 in this uh, Mark Halpern article was as follows. Emphasize Barack Hussein Obama's unusual name and exotic background through a Manchurian candidate prism, right? Which is literally like, you know, emphasize his middle name, Hussein, which is like Saddam Hussein, and then his background as being somehow connected to like a terrorist sleeper cell. Like he's going to get into the White House and, and once he's there... He is going to incite terrorist attacks. He is going to be responsible for terrorist attacks on American soil. Well, that's what he's been doing. Well, where do you think the bombing came? <laughs> that's right. It's his friends. <laughs> that's right. They're, they're gonna, and yeah. you know, I say that jokingly, but yeah. that is actually a that's theory right. that's out there. Of course, it yeah. is. Yeah, it's a lot of people agree with that and, and believe that's actually going on. And and so you know, of course, Fox News jumped on the the bandwagon. They were t- talking about the connection to William Ayers and so forth. And um, then the discussion became after Mark Halpern did this. Of course, Mark Halpern not only writing for Time Magazine, but also at the time he was appearing on MSNBC all the time, as he is still doing today, um, and getting ready to write a book with John Heilman, which was uh, the book Game Change, which would, went on to be a bestseller and an HBO Movie of the Week. Man, failing up, failing up in this business. It's like, well, every business, every business, these hacks and weirdos end up failing up. But this guy, it was was Mark Halperin 
who started the birther crap. But we didn't start, I mean, he didn't literally start it. He, he mainstreamed it. Right. He took it as being a fringe conspiracy theory and put it into his own words and then injected it into Time Magazine. And that was that. I mean, it became a permanent fixture in, in political discussions surrounding Barack Obama. And that's where it all began. It didn't start with Hillary Clinton. On top of all of this, what Donald Trump apologized for, or he didn't even apologize. He just declared that, I declare, I, Benassi, he did the sign of the cross and splashed some, uh, some holy water on an effigy of Barack Obama and said, I declare him to be a citizen. Um, but he didn't, or he didn't clarify two things that are both involved in the birther movement. Obama's religion. And whether or not Obama is, in fact, a terrorist. Now, you probably say that the terrorist thing is a subset of the religion thing, which, you know, I think some people kind of claim that. But I'm, I'm separating each one into, into its own category. There's his birthplace. There's his religion. And there's whether or not he's, in fact, a terrorist sleeper cell, which there are still people who believe that. Right. In, fa- in fact, I mean, talking about what people believe, uh, the latest polls show 41% of Republicans still believe that Barack Obama was not born in the United States. 41%. It's basically a plurality. It's either it's 41% still believe that he wasn't born in the United States. There is a uh, significant chunk. I think it's like 20% are not sure. And the rest know that he was born in Hawaii and that Hawaii is a state and, and therefore he was born in the United States. But then there's this religion thing which Donald Trump has failed to address. So as far as I'm concerned, Donald Trump is still deeply ensconced in the birther movement. He's still, I mean, he's still giving an opening for all of his people who won't change their minds to still believe that, that Barack Obama is not only a, uh, a Kenyan citizen, but also a, uh, a radical Islamic terrorist. Yeah. This, is, this is confirmed. This is what people believe, confirmed through polls. The, you know, the only good thing, I mean, it doesn't matter at this point because the people who are going to vote for Trump don't give a crap about the New York Times. But the New York Times really savaged him, yeah. which I think is good. I'm glad. And I'm sorry. I am. This is an emergency, an emergency. Yeah. I am a firm believer that, yeah, you know what? The media need to step up and really just rip him to shreds. Yep. Absolutely. This is this is this is honestly one of the most dangerous times I've, I've seen in this country. Yeah. Um, here's just a sampling, by the way. I was talking about that thing with Osama and Obama. Yeah. Remember that? Here's just a little bit of what we used to hear at the time. And all I'm saying about the Patriot Act is that the elected representatives of this country, including Osama, uh, you know, not, not uh, Obama. Actually, <laughs> just look at what, what Osa- uh, Barack Obama said uh, just yesterday. Why don't we just ask Osama bin Laden, Osama Obama, uh, Obama, what there is, since uh, he won by such a big amount. And now we have what uh, some are reading as a suggestion that somebody knock off of, uh, Osama, um, uh, Obama. Obama. Well, both we, we could. Well, 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 you know, <laughs> talk about how you really feel. The Taliban has been gaining strength, and Obama bin Laden is still at large. I think that was Osama bin Laden. Coming up, at first they said it was no big deal, but now we know the truth about Osama bin Laden. Excuse me. 
Barack Obama scare in the air. That story coming up. Kerry says he believes Osama is or Obama is the right person Chuck for the Henry. job. The report says that that uh, Obama. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Osama bin Laden. Oh, so you get the you get the idea. Oh my God. No, why audience audience uh, inappropriately clapping today on today's show? No, it's not. Shut up. Okay, get out of here. Um, yeah. So I mean, that all contributes to it. I mean, when you have someone, I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine? And especially in a time where there are political names like Reince Priebus. And and for God's sake, Rush Limbaugh. I mean, how exotic and weird is the name Rush Limbaugh? It's so funny. I can't can't hear the name Reince Priebus (laughs) without thinking of puppet Michael Steele on Jon Stewart. When he said, Reince Priebus. Every time I hear his name, that's the first thing I think. I think of cantina alien names. Like, like, it's like a George Lucas name for a cantina alien. Reince Priebus. He's there in the corner smoking the bong in the cantina right next to Han Solo. But, I mean, what they've already started to do is they've already started to create their own birther thing with Hillary Clinton, and it'll be her health. Right. It'll be absolutely her health. In fact, you know what I noticed? On the, on the opposite side of all of this, there's a movement afoot, afoot on Facebook, and it's called the Girther Movement. Oh, for God's The sake. Girther Movement. But this has to do with, excuse me, this has to do with Donald Trump and Donald Trump's weight. <laughs> so that's become a, a, a thing. And it's actually well-deserved. I mean, it's still dumb, but... Yeah, it's still dumb. But, you know, the thing is, with Donald Trump, there, there's, there's some opening there because he has so obviously been lying about his medical records. I mean... Yeah. And, and so, I, you know, I can't... He's been, he's been lying. I think it's the lies combined with the fact that uh, people are just like, oh, well, he's lying again. There he goes again. Donald Trump lying again. Yep. Oh, by the way, I ought to ask you this. What the goddamn hell was Matt Taibbi thinking when he wrote uh, that Ta- thing in the uh, Rome? Taibbi's written a couple of articles lately that I, I uh, that are very sort of blasé yeah. about uh, Trump and about, uh, um, you know, this whole thing that he... It's so funny. for It's, it's honestly really odd because he's written a couple of articles about how, um, you know, uh, the American people... It's very elitist and condescending to say that the American people obviously can't make their own decision on this, you know, that they're they're choosing wrong. And yet, I mean, this is coming from Taibbi, who just insults people left and f***ing right. And, yeah, and yeah. for that matter, for that matter, as I pointed out in the Daily Banter, like, it, it insulted insulted Americans as idiots, and then in the very next line turned around and said that that's, that's uh, laughably snobbish. Yeah, <laughs> right. And Casey, I mean, you know, Chavez a contrarian. He always has been, and yeah. I, I love that about him a lot of the time. But a lot of the times, and this this is not the first time. It's not just because I happen to disagree with him mm. on this, or he disagrees with me, whatever. Um, you know, I have seen times when he has, uh, um, when he's really kind of gone off the deep end and said stuff that I'm just like, wow, that's that's out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is certainly one of them because <laughs> the article is titled uh, in Rolling Stone, "Stop Whining About False Balance," which if it's there. It's there. And yes, I get it. You know, part of his, part of Matt Taibbi's point was to say that, uh, uh, you know, that I think consumers of, of news all, are also to blame. And we've said that all along. I mean, there is a chicken and egg sort of thing that if you keep watching the bullshit, you're going to keep being fed the bullshit. 
So there is some validity to that. But there's also a lot of validity to a false balance in the news, for God's right. sake. All right, the postmortem show is coming up next. Stick with us. Bye bye.